And what's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the I'm TIS podcast here, first one of April 2020. Nice to have you with us here on your favorite little sports talk podcast featuring yours truly. Got a, a decent show put together for you. Got a guest here in the first segment. Talk about Joe Burrow. Me not wanting to hear any more garbage nonsense about him uh, dropping to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, fifth pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Give you my thoughts on that. Give you some thoughts on the 30 for 30 I watched the other day on the uh, late 80s bad boy Pistons. I'll get into a little bit of that. And today is also the 52nd anniversary of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I'll get into that later on in the program. But first, the person that we have not had on the show since June, we were breaking down um, Raptors and Warriors in the NBA Finals. And that is my uh, good pal, friend of the show, host of Simmons and all sports that you can find on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm as well. Our friend and our buddy, Jake Simmons. Jake, how are you today, pal? Okay? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, buddy. Anytime. Um, so... First off, that's uh, because I did it with uh, Brendan last week. I'll do the same thing for you. Uh, give me your thoughts and your initial reaction on if everything that's going on with this coronavirus, how it's affected your life. We'll share like our personal, um, our personal uh, stories, if you will, because we both, you know, in case anyone doesn't know, me and Jake are buddies because we go to the, we're in the same class and go to the same high school. So we'll both give, get a little bit in depth on that. But Jake, for you personally, give us, give me, give me and the audience your thoughts on this virus and how it's affected you personally and your life and everything else. Well, it's been pretty awful, you know, even in sports. I mean, I've been some days are better than others. I mean, it's really the same thing every day with me, just waking up late, staying up late. Um, I just feel like that's, for most people I know, who they just stay up late and then just wake up like at 12 or 1 or whatever. And it's just same thing every day pretty much for me. I just play video games, watch TV, I mean, see all the sports news I can really. I mean, NFL free agency got me through it a bit, but I mean, it is. It did for all of us. Yeah, I mean, it's just been awful um i'm really hoping it's over you know like you said by may i mean i think it'll be over by june i pray to god it'll be over by june i mean i really don't know i mean i really hope we at least get sports by august i mean i think we will but it's it's pretty crazy you know i, I just remember seeing the news when the nba was suspended i was just like shocked and i was like i mean i don't know if this i don't know really if it's overhyped or not i really don't know i mean i just i did it first but now, i'm not really sure now i mean i just I don't really know if it is that overhyped because people are saying the flu is bigger than this and that. But I don't really know. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's it's put all life, whether it's sports, school, people out of jobs, people out of work, losing yeah. money left and right, stock markets crashing, all because of this, all because of this virus. I mean it, it's it's been a really 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 complete pain in the neck. Especially for us, I mean, we're uh-huh. you're you're you were born in October of '01. I was born in May of 2002. 
um, both of us seniors in high school. You're already 18. I turn 18 on what God willing hopes to be our graduation day on Friday the 29th, um, about 25 days and a month uh, from from right now here on Saturday, April 4th, the date we're recording and the date that this podcast is uploaded. But I mean, it's, it sucks. I mean, to for us to basically go through the trials and tribulations of grade school from kindergarten up to this point, and for and we're right at the doorstep of graduation and finishing the whole deal. And in the middle of March, school, I mean, we still get work granted with the online schooling stuff, but school oh, yeah. pretty much, among other things, is put on hold because of this virus. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. Yeah, the online schooling, it's just been hell for me. I don't know. Some, some people complain about it. It's just, oh, my God. Some people, I mean, other teachers are doing more than they really should, I think, really. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it's it's uh, here's what here's what i t- this is what i told um this is what i told patrick mawa on sirius xm mad dog sports radio um on friday night and uh the, and i'll say the same thing here i'd rather wake up at five in the morning dealing with the with the daily weekday commute <laughs> of going to school and doing my schoolwork in school in the building you know with the uh with the jet with the uh, sport coat and tie on <laughs> rather than doing it rather than doing it waking up at nine o'clock in the morning in my pajamas or with no pants on literally have to roll out of my bed take a step and a half to my desk and go on the you know and go on the internet and see what teacher posted was what assignment and what and where and when it's due and all that other nonsense i'd rather go there and just go about it normally because i mean it's it's nice in a certain way but because technically with us we, we really don't have any homework per se but still, I mean, it's just, it comes to a point where it's like, okay, I'd rather be doing in school. I'd rather do school, regular schoolwork, regular classwork in school rather than farting around and doing this at home when we could be doing a million other things, sleeping in, you know, playing video games, watching YouTube, watching Netflix, whatever yeah. the case might be. I mean, I, I really, really, I, I mean, I understand why we have to do it, but it again, I'd rather do my work in my work environment. Home isn't necessarily a work environment; it's a place of re- refuge, comfort, yeah. and relaxation. Yeah. I usually do most of my work at school, so it's difficult for me, really. I mean, it is terrible. I mean, I just hope that this virus just, you know, that the government puts its heads together, quits all this asinine fighting and, and stop with this stupid nonsense and just put their heads together and just for the common good of the of the people or that make up planet Earth and the American people, that they just come together, both sides, Trump quit farting around, uh, Congress quit farting around, CDC, let's buckle down here, let's get ourselves together so we can figure out a way to conquer this virus. People, stay home. Same with you idiots out there that say up here wanting to party and think it's no big deal. Well, how does it feel that all of you all are basically bedridden sick with with coronavirus, among other things? So don't do anything stupid. Be safe. Wash your hands. Practice good hygiene. You know, use your hand sanitizer if, you know, if it's, you know, if it's. You know, if it's like minor stuff, like doing your dirty laundry, I mean, 
there are so many ways you can be proactive and, and smart and smart about this. Look, don't let your stupid dog linger around in the kitchen when you're cooking. You know, don't let like like uh, if you saw on the NFL, uh, we'll get through this COVID nineteen <laughs> oh, yeah. video that they had. They had that NFL player up cooking on the, cooking up on his stovetop with that with his dopey Pomeranian dog in oh, his little in his little chest harness. I'm like, really? We're, we're, we're cooking in the kitchen with with the dog literally hovering right over the food <laughs> with his mouth and his tongue open, and we're one and we sit up here and we wonder why all of us are housebound with coronavirus. Oh. Uh, come uh, stuff, stuff, stuff like that is why is why the coronavirus exists, and why if we're not careful, we'll be we'll be dealing with this stuff. God forbid for the rest. God forbid, knock on wood for the rest of 2020. I mean, come on now, really? I cook, cook, talking about we'll get through this together. Coronavirus and this. Meanwhile, you sit up here cooking, making a video with a with a dog and a baby harness. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know you me. said you hated uh, seeing that. Uh, we're all in this together thing. Yeah, oh. That yeah, that that's another thing I can't stand, Jake. I swear, if I hear one more person get tell me this all in this together, okay, it's the coronavirus is a worldwide epidemic that's killed more people in the United States with this virus than the people that died with planes crashing yeah. in buildings. Don't, don't give me this cheesy asinine high school musical we're all in this together crap because if I want to hear that because if I want to hear that nonstop I'll go to Spotify or I'll go to YouTube or I'll go to Disney plus and and, and play that and play that song on replete. 9,000 times with Zac Efron and, and the rest of the dopes that made that stupid uh, dopey movie series. I'm not, I'm not interested in all in this together. I'm interested in being smart, being safe, washing your hands, keeping your hands clean, leading healthy, clean, hygienic lives so you can get this virus the heck the heck on over with. I agree. I mean, I mean, I mean seriously. It's terrible. I mean, I just hate hearing these dumb messages. I mean, I think a lot of people are losing faith in the news, too, really. I mean, more and more people. The, the news says a lot. It, it's fair to say that the news ha- has a decent amount to do with this. Like uh, what I said about a week week or two ago, the news has a lot to do with the fact of people going out there and buying yeah. every last um, buying every last uh, toilet paper uh, roll, every last paper towel nice. roll, buying up a hand sanitizer, Lysol, and Clorox wipes so there's none left for the other person. That's what I think the news is responsible for. The news is responsible for the mass hysteria that at the very beginning of this swarmed and, and basically uh, gav- uh, not gathered, but over overcome, uh, I guess is the word you could use, the American uh-huh. people of buying, of buying everything else at their local Costco, Walmart, or Sam's, Sam's Club. So the poor guy behind them that's making uh, 15 grand a year has, has nothing left for him for him or her or their family. I mean, and then they, they just buy up everything and not leaving anything else left for the, for the person that's coming behind them. I mean, I saw that all over social media. This guy bought like 17,000 worth and he sold them on eBay and Amazon. I mean, this guy has to be insane. Though. He was arrested or something like that. And it's just, people are crazy. I mean, Jesus. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but personally, give me a scenario with uh, do your parent. What's the situation with their parents? Are they not working? Are they working from home? What's the issue? What's the issue? Uh, my mom, she's a nurse at an eye doctor, and she it was about like I want to say two two weeks ago, she got laid off temporary uh, temporary um, until you know further notice. So she's not at work right now. Um, my dad, I'm not sure, but. My mom has not been mm-hmm. at work for a bit, and you know, who knows if that 
stimulus check has come. I don't even know if the government, but, you know, she has been out of work. So I just, that part of the government has just done a terrible job. I mean, other states just been, you know, like New York is just, I mean, they got to, some states prepared, others haven't. But, yeah, my mom is not at work right now. I think for about two weeks now she's been out of work. Mm-hmm. What about what about your uh, your step parents? Was she? she was um, I'm pretty sure they're out of work too. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. So no one's working pretty for much. Them? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um. Wow. I hate to hear that. Um. Shift gears on to funner's funner's fun not a word, but who cares? It's my show. I get to say whatever I want. Um, let's move on to a more lighthearted topic. And um, your one of your favorite TV shows of all time, and um, a show that I started watching when this whole uh, coronavirus um, hibernation process started, with the favorite comedy, The Office, yeah. that I've been watching on Netflix. And let me say that is proud. That office is probably the funniest twenty first century TV comedy ever. Of like, it's of funny you mention that because I got I mean, a, right above me. Yeah, I got a poster of Michael Scott right in front of me right now. <laughs> I, 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 is, is there a funnier character and a more controversial character in television than Michael Scott? <laughs> I don't Scott? think so. Oh my gosh! So I, the the episode diversity day where he gives everybody his coworkers like an opposite card with a card with an opposite race on it, and lo and behold, he gives the Stanley he puts this thing up and then black. <laughs> so, I mean, I think my favorite part in that episode is where Dwight goes, "Oh my God, am I a woman?" That mean that would yes, you're right. It's like, like that you can't right drive. Now, the Twitter wars oh, be going yeah. everywhere. Women would be crying. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. God. It would, it would, it would, it would not, it, the office would, would not, I think what if, what if something that would have got canceled was when, I don't know if you saw it, where Michael was roasting people and he goes, Oscar, you're gay. People would have had a meltdown over that show would have been canceled right after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, this is the same reason why shows like On the Family and the Jeffersons yeah. wouldn't make it in 2020 because, because, because they, they don't because they know not to be a, like offensive, but they know how and when to push the envelope exactly. of the race card, you know, to get a laugh. Because the whole the whole point of shows like the, of the episode Diversity Day with the Office and Michael Scott in general and on the family and Jefferson, the whole reason why those shows are funny is because you're supposed mm-hmm. to laugh at the yeah. ignorance. We know that racism and and stereotyping is bad and we shouldn't do and we shouldn't do it but the funny part is, is that we can see it in a made up fictional person have those ignorances with them within you know as a mindset that they have and 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 we laugh at them having basically the kahunas to basically say stuff that isn't politically correct and or offensive out loud when we know that in real life if we if we said some of the stuff you know if you were white and you said some of the stuff that michael <laughs> yeah. scott says yahan plus be hitting the unemployment line but i mean it's you laugh at the yeah. ignorance that's that's the whole that's the whole be- that's the beauty of the show you laugh you laugh at the character's ignorance the ignorance is what so I gotta ask, who, what characters do you not yeah. like in the show the characters that I'm so good—that's so glad you asked that question. Um, 
Okay. The one right. Okay. Angela is an. Oh, I don't <laughs> like Angela. Very, oh, oh, God. I, I, I've never seen someone more weird. And it's, oh, my. Uh, enough of her. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's like, can she have like a lick yeah. of fun? And like, what, she is such a, a stiff, a stick, a stiff um stick. Oh my God! Such a stick in the mud. Oh She's my kind of gosh, like that mother. Really loosen up, like shut you down. She's like a, Karen, a really. Bit. Oh my gosh, she's a no. I, I I tell you who's up there too, and I really don't like. And you all and you all would probably attack me for this and saying how dare you, but I don't care. Okay, I do not care for. Uh, oh, I agree too. Pam. I was gonna say that. What, I, what? I, she to me, she's too annoying. She just. Annoys the hell out of me. Oh, she is annoying. Oh, she's annoying. Yeah, I, you know, you, well, you know, you know what I say to my because my sister likes oh, a little God. romance there between her and Jim Nathan Hill. I, I, I said, Zoe, you know what I? This, my nickname for Pam a single time she comes on the screen, man, a sandwich. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't like her. I'm she sorry, she's not. I mean, she just. Oh, Oh, and the personality is like, oh my gosh, almighty! She really just shut up. I mean, she, she, she was so pressed about, oh, Michael meeting her mother. Yeah, like, like, I'm sitting. I'm like, you just got married and you have a child (laughs) on the way. What does it matter to you? And well, well, how would you feel if you? Okay, part of me would be upset, but I, part of me would be upset, but honest to God, I would rather, if it was me, if I was a grown adult that had, that had a love life and a life of my own, I'd feel more comfortable with her going out with someone that I at least know and can keep my eyes on rather than a total stranger, you know, and stuff just flies over my head. Now, is is Michael Scott an angel? <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, I would I wouldn't trust Michael Scott around my mother as far as I could throw him. But having said all of that, I mean, let it go. I mean, for crying out loud, you just get married. What do you come come back from work off your honeymoon, married with a kid on the way, and you are just so oh my OCD on. Oh my goodness gracious! When you give it a rest, her acting out in the office. And her throwing a complete tantrum and, and acting like a complete idiot. Oh my gosh! My <laughs> I mean, I shut up. The word I like to use is like I hate using that. It's kind of I think it's from like a Drake song. You like seeing that lovey dovey stuff, seeing all that. I hate seeing that romantic stuff. It's just, oh, I, just, I, I, I mean, look, Jim's and Sam's wedding. Uh, it was enough. funny. Like they had funny moments, but I just hate having to see this cute moments. You know, it's just like. Uh, I'm not interested, and 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 I and I tell you this right now, Jake, and you will not catch, and I and I don't care if you know if you all don't take it because this is funny and it's and it's fact, and every single one of you all out there listening knows knows I'm right. You would not see, and and Jake, I have a feeling you'd know this. You would not see in a million years if I allowed you to live to be three hundred and fifty years old. You would not see a black bride and groom piss off from their wedding, take a ferry <laughs> boat to Niagara Falls, and basically get married while getting drenched in eighteen thousand gallons of water, ruining. Ru- ruining the veil, the dress, the tuxedo, the whole thing. You kidding me? Yeah. I, I mean, I hate the part that we you, cut you off the tie. I didn't really like that, to be honest. 
Oh my! When I watched that with my sister, my, my sister cringed. She's like, "Really? You cut off your time?" Oh, oh my goodness gracious! But again, you—you—if I allowed you to be 100, 150, you would not see anywhere a black bride and groom go off and get married in Niagara Falls until they get their stuff all wet. Okay, a okay, a black women care too much about their hair. That's that's one thing. That's number two. Number three, number three, black guys want to look sharp and fresh to the absolute nines, so they're not letting a dust particle onto the tuxedo or having their hair all messed up if they got, you know, if they got a nice high top fade going or afro, whatever the case might be. Not to me- not to mention what not to mention if you spend an arm and a leg for that dopey wedding, the last thing you do is basically abandon it. <laughs> To the guests, and you go off and have your private ceremony. Hundred, you you ne- never in a million years would you see black people do that. Never, never that in is a some million white years. And and I'm not, and I'm not saying oh, you're really doggone right. It. I mean, look, I would never. I mean, it's cringe. It's how I mean, white people make cringe. They really do. We make. I mean, I apologize. It's just I I would I hate that we do it. And you know, it's just these white girls that do it too. Really, I mean, them watching the office like. I see on the computer. Oh, they're so cute. I just don't want to see that crap at all. Like, I hate it. Yeah, P- Pam's got to go. U- ultra annoying mayonnaise <laughs> sandwich, you know. And, 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 and you notice when, when they come back off of the wedding, and when the, especially when the child's born, they, 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 they're very, Pam especially, she is oh, very, very yeah. cocky and, and arrogant and very unbecoming. Who, who wants to hang? Who wants to hang out and be around a person like that? Angela and, and 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 let and let's be honest. She she's not um she you know she's not uh, <laughs> Ashley Graham. She's not Cindy Crawford, and she's not um uh Farrah Fawcett. I mean let let's let's be fair here, or, yeah. or Jennifer Aniston for that matter. I mean let, let's 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 be let's be fair. And oh, it's just oh, she's tough to take, tough to take, tough to take. Um, okay, who who's your favorite one off of it's, off of the office? for me? It has to be probably Michael Scott. It has to. I can't say. I look. I want to say almost Dwight. I almost do. My uncle and I like he loves the show more than my dad. My dad loves the show because I remember my hearing him like seven years ago. My dad was laughing so hard. I heard him watching the show. But my uncle and I love joking about Dwight. But Michael Scott has to be my favorite because. Michael just everything he does, I just laugh. I mean, I think my favorite moment with him ever is probably just all the moments from him in season five and six, what he's done, and just he just is priceless. Really, you can't put a price on what he does. Really, mm-hmm. oh, he is uh, a great Steve actor. Steve Carell, he is a he he is a genius. He is a genius. I tell I tell you who else is also hilarious. Uh, Stan Stanley. Stanley is one of the great boy. Have you lost your mind? <laughs> Did I stutter? <laughs> Stanley just does not care oh what God, anyone God. says or what anyone thinks of him. He when just he, does not care. Oh yes, when he when when he reprimanded <laughs> Ryan in the break room, he's like, like that is my boy. Boy, have you lost your then mind? You I'll help moment, you I find it. Michael Scott <laughs> said to him. When he was like, I think it was, I remember Toby was doing something, and Michael's like, yeah, my, Stanley has that calendar of that hot girl y'all like, and he's like, that's my daughter. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. He's like, she is hot. She is sexy. And <laughs> that is my She's daughter. And then, and then when he passed out, and then he passed out with the fire drill, and Michael was like, he's like, Stanley, Stanley, don't die me. Stanley, you are you are a proud black man, Stanley. Barack is first. <laughs> I think that's Barack one thing we first just first missed. Because if we yeah. had the office for the past three years, I would love to hear what Michael Scott have to say about Brexit, about Trump running, about all this, all this stuff, everything. It just, because the way he is, I can oh, tell with politics, man. he just doesn't know what he's talking about at all. He was, he called with me. He was like, he was like, Stanley, how about, how about you? No. He was like, he was like, why me? He's like, yes, you. He was like, he's like, Stanley, come on. I was like, leave me alone, damn it. <laughs> then I started. I think in that episode where he was like talking I mean, to him, just him one on one was too quite good. I mean, oh my God. Oh, uh, yeah. He was like, he, yeah. He, Michael started, started breaking like him. breaking down crying. He was like, oh God, here we go. But all this stuff. But I tell you, my, for all this crap Michael does, he did a good job. That episode when he oh, yeah, that one Pam's art show. Yeah. I mean, what? I just like what? What a I job! I think in the earlier seasons, job. like season one and two, I think at times you know they were a little hard to watch. I had to skip some of the episodes in season one and two. Really, some of them, not all of them. Just like for some of them, for me, it's just like a little cringy to watch. To be honest, the way Michael acts because he acts to me like way different in the later seasons than he does in the earlier. Right. Um, moving on from the office to another classic TV show, and I know you said not the job, really sports talking, giving us a bunch of TV shows. Listen, I haven't had a sport to break down in going on a month. I have nothing. Well, you want to hear me talk about Joe Burrow for the nine millionth time? I mean, I'll talk about it anyway, but I can't do that in my opening monologue. So what I'll do, because it's a flashback to the past for me and Jake, because this is our generation. And I was also watching this on Netflix uh, the past, what, week or two. And that is the Nickelodeon uh, teen sitcom that also streams on Netflix, and that is the show Victorious. Jake, that, I don't know about you, but that show was, looking back, I I didn't, I never saw it when it was mm-hmm. on TV, like, you know, like, during its airing. I saw reruns of every episode about two, three years ago. But now watching it as, you know, knocking on 18 years of age and matured and I've gotten older and things like that. And, of course, when I watch reruns of any TV shows, I catch things yeah. I don't see the first couple of times. But I don't know about you, but that was there a better show on Nickelodeon and or Disney Channel than Victorious? Um, that show was off. <laughs> I think some people might say debatably they could Did say you? iCarly was better. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. No, no, I, I've seen iCarly, and even though it lasted longer on TV, it, not, no. Yeah. I mean, it's good, but, uh, it, but the same old, oh, it's, it's so, it's so, it's so boring. It's so, it's so boring. I mean, oh, well, it's like, it's, 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 it's good, but it's not, it, it has like yeah. no s- initial substance to it, you know? 
it, 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 it probably feels like that show doesn't have any substance. And I think with that show, oh, yeah. it was like too many egos got in the way. Someone wasn't making enough as this person. This one wasn't getting the notoriety and the fame as this person. You get all stuff. No, it's it's like it's like with a great team in sports. You know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, you're number one top dogs, and everyone else around. You know, and the people that helped you basically make it across the, make it up top the mountaintop they want top dollar well everybody can't have top dollar because the because people you work for they have a budget so you know you get jealous somebody's not getting certain media attention or somebody's not getting certain um isn't uh getting enough award recognition or isn't getting enough endorsement deals or anything else and then the sh- and the show breaks up but that show, I did not realize this, and I looked it up uh, earlier this week. Did, did you know that show got nominated four really? times for Primetime Emmy Awards? Wow. Four four times that was nominated for an Emmy. Four. I mean, that, that, I thought that's crazy. Show. I mean, I did like it, but Victoria, so, you know, getting back to S, I think my favorite character in Victoria's probably has to be is just Jade, probably. She just didn't care. She is good. I mean, oh, she, she's funny. Just did, set, told she she, t- she was I'm a tell like a ti is at its finest said said what what she thought yeah, how she, she not thought it and didn't care how anyone else around her thought about thought about how she said now what now did she have great people skills and what was she rough around the edges damn right she was but I mean she was an all around. Great oh character God. on the show. She is the most Tori, hateable. I really I feel. She's uh, good she, I mean, she, 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 she was all right, but it's like sometimes I just want to go in there and just like grab like, her. Oh, like, what like, are you? Do you have to, just, she just annoys me too much. Like she's like constantly like thinking Jade is like out to get me. Like she's just playing around. Like don't take it to the heart. I mean, my God. Right. I mean, and I feel like that she's like tries her best to basically oh yeah be like well liked by everybody i mean i i i don't know if it's like how they wrote the care i don't know but it's like they're just sometimes <laughs> where it's like what are you really i get like what are you doing like let let the like let your let your uh cohorts let your friends let your frenemies mm-hmm. your acquaintance let them shine around it's kind you. of a diva really. it's 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 too much me myself and i yeah, well yeah i mean if you if you want to call it that yeah and that and that's saying something because her because her older <laughs> sister how i mean how i got i mean and i told my sister this earlier this week i said okay well she got into the school because the teacher cyclist <laughs> basically was on an lsd trip for drinking bad coconut milk can't they like I mean, they do. I mean, they do it for uh, for college for D one, D two colleges all over the United States. They recent uh, academic and recent um, athletic scholarship all the time. I mean, couldn't they re- rescind their her um, her uh, enrollment into the school because she can't dance, can't sing, can't act, annoying, <laughs> abrasive, childish, complete diva, complete. Pain, complete pain, annoying. I mean, when you have your younger sister's friends basically as a collective group, alarming, not like you, that that's saying something. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's very alarming. But I mean, but oh, that I tell you, that was a that was a good TV show. And I don't know about you, 
but there is do you have like let me ask you this do you have like a favorite song that they had that they uh, uh, that they ever like performed i don't know i show? can't i mean i just really liked when i mean i don't i didn't like when tori just sang and knew someone and andre just uh i didn't really like i just kind of liked when jade sang i thought she was really good i mean ariana grande you know with all yeah, exactly. She was good. I don't know why. And I'm sure there's one thing was like in season so one, you know, Cat's voice was different from season three. Like it was so different. You know, eventually she had to show Sam and Cat. It's like just keep the voice like yeah. normal. Like no human being really got to talk yeah. like that. I feel like. like it just made it weird. I feel like because her voice was weird. Mm-hmm. And Robbie should. Be, it, it, was, kid, it was. It was. It was funny though. He's weird. Um, creeps me out a little bit. I mean, grow Can't, up. Carrying I mean, around a puppet weird. all day. Oh, boy. So, so. <laughs> grow up. I mean, even in high school, you got to grow up and stop having this puppet. I mean, you're in high school. I mean, it's it was a little... Oh, uh, yeah. It wasn't weird. It was It's a show, you know, a kid's show. But I think the moments where he had were just like... It seemed like he was... I Honestly, a word for our generation that, what he, that he is, he's probably a simp. He would do anything to, to get with a girl. He would do anything. I think he'd do anything in the world to get with Cat, Jade, or Tori, or even you know Trina. It's just like he—he's that desperate. I'm like that. You have a puppet around. Like it was embarrassing. Like I mean, my God. I mean, go to the gym or something. I mean, you know, your friends are pretty bulked up a little bit. I mean, Beck was. I mean, it just a kid was weird. But uh, Beck, Beck, Beck was not. Bulked yeah, he wasn't bulked up. Don't don't, don't go don't go there. His. His yeah, advantage, yeah. his advantage is that, is that he had a nice face and he <laughs> had and he had hair like John Stamos. I mean he I mean he was he was he was pretty he was pretty much um Jesse Katsopoulos in Victoria. See he, he had the hair and he, and he wore the leather jacket. It's all it's all he had. It's all it's all he had. You you ask him to to uh to bench a hundred you know to bench a hundred and fifty thousand he can't do it. I mean Robbie can't either. But I mean let let's let's be frank. The dude had the face and the hair and 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 the and the suave and the suave old spice cool lax down to earth personality. That's that's all that's all he had. And he's from Canada and with us oh, Americans we think anything outside the you know the fifth <laughs> United States is considered quote unquote exotic. I think the one character but, that but like anyway that, that's, was that's that, they, I just I wouldn't mind here, no giving her more time that shit was Andre's grandmother was like so hilarious. I don't even know why. Oh, she was she was she was crazy. Now he always says, "My grand." When oh, he yeah. tells stories, my grandmother before she lost the mind. They they never gave think, an episode. At least I, I, I haven't seen what they crazy. have. But I think they did something like that. I don't know. So uh, they never like to me. I've never caught it. They never explained what yeah. what incident in her life made her go like. Crazy, insane, and I, and I and I would be interested in it. And I tell you, and I tell you, one other thing been would have been interested in. And I'm not the only one that thinks this way. Okay, now if you if you don't like me and Jake breaking down this sort of stuff, close your ears and fast forward. But wouldn't you have rather seen a a uh, Andre Tory relationship relationship scenario rather than? Yeah, I mean, cause she, cause not think about it. She really never had a serious, a serious, a serious, um, like a serious relationship. And she's like the, and she's like the quote unquote 
it, yeah. the, the poster girl, the the protagonist of the whole show, and she never. And I realized that her, her, and um, mm-hmm. her and 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 Beck never. Yeah, and they should have got and, and why didn't you put? Why didn't you put? And they and, and like the friendship chemistry was like two peas in a pod, and and well, my sister was like. Well, if it would have that, it would have basically turned into Austin and Alley. Well, hold on. Okay, no, it wouldn't have because A, the yeah, Nickelodeon writers are years better than the Disney Channel writers. That's number one. Item number item number two, it would have been different because, you know, with an interracial relationship scenario. I mean, let's, I mean, we're in the 21st century. Hello. Um, item number, th- item number three, okay, unlike with the Austin and Alley thing, oh, they, yeah. It's it's like in contract that they're like because because they're making they're making money off you know off of each other's talents. These two are you know they're trying to find fame and success, but they're also going through the the right. day in day out grind of going to high school. These these dopes are the Austin Lies, <laughs> There's I could just play like ten episodes in the entire series where you catch them at. At school, and and, and and let's be fair, okay? They're they're in Miami. Last time I checked, Miami isn't necessarily the yeah. uh, the music or the entertainment mecca of you know, of the United States. I mean, who do, who do you know that basically has like has like all the buzz in Miami? I'll tell you, uh, Pitbull, Pitbull, Flo Rida, yeah, uh, Lunch Money, Lewis, and DJ Khaled. That's it. So that, <laughs> that's four, and DJ Khaled doesn't even sing. But I mean, I mean, let, I mean, let's be fair. But uh, but I mean, I would have liked to have seen that snare because you know they get along, you know they got they got they kept the chemistry going going there. I, I tell you, if they would if they would have ex- if the show would have went on for for a further amount of time, I think that was probably what they were probably banking on that the show basically continue and then enter that and then enter. That relationships in there. I, I'm not interested in 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 the uh, in the tour in the back. That's been done to death uh-huh. nine million times. The pretty boy and 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 the pretty girl maintaining this enough. Okay, I can I can go on demand or go on HBO. Go go somewhere and <laughs> yeah. and watch Grease. I'm not with John Travolta and Olivia Newton John. I'm I'm not interested in seeing that. I I, I don't care. But going back to what I said with the music. There was one you remember the episode where um Andre had like that that um absolute train wreck, an absolute abrasive oh, uh, yeah. piece of filth known as a girlfriend that was the daughter yeah. of yeah, yeah. Uh, of the record producer. And and they had that and they performed that song. Now I'm gonna play it and this, in my opinion, is, is the best song of the entire show, number one. Number two, okay, I'm going to get on tour here. Okay, you tell, okay, let me get this straight. You tell Andre that it's wrong for basically being in this terrible relationship that he's not getting anything from with the, with this girl because her because her daddy is a big time, is a big time uh, record producer. But as soon as he says, "Wait, you perform the song with me," it's oh, okay, okay. Well, throw ethics, throw morals, throw good and bad, right and wrong, and all out the window. I get to perform this song in front of a. 
I mean, it's stuff like that, like you said, that like yeah. she comes like like she comes across like a diva, acting like an oh, idiot yeah. with yeah, with yeah. the British guy when she was gonna perform on the Platinum Music Awards, acting like acting like a complete jackrabbit in the restaurant. I mean, oh my good, oh my goodness gracious! I mean, and, she, and she's got and she's got to take some hits here because part of the time she she comes across, at least to me, it looks like she comes across as an opportunist looking yeah, looking yeah, a, really... a quick way to to reach frame. I I got I got I, I, I got to be honest, got to be honest, and I got to be fair, got to be fair. But to play the song now, now I'm, do you know the song I'm it. speaking of? I'm, I'm play it right now. It's, it's, um, and let me. Did you know Leon Thomas? Before I play it, you know Leon Thomas the third got nominated for a. Uh, this is after the show, but he, but he, you know, he actually won a Grammy. I'm looking. I'm gonna look up what the Grammy was in a minute while the song plays. But here, but here, but here it is, Jake. A trip down, uh, memory lane, with uh, Nickelodeon's Victorious. Listen up. All time. Did you? He also yeah, voiced the the character Tyrone on the backyard again. But listen up. There you go. Oh, he he's underrated singer. Very underrated. And a better singer than uh, Tori. I tell you that much too. One best R&B album for mm-hmm. Love, Marriage, and Divorce in 2015. Yeah, I knew all of them are. Great song. Great song. But um, anyway, get off the uh, victorious path. Um, well, staying on the path of TV shows, but move on to this. And this is the last thing that we get to some sports. But um, what what was like your what network did you think well, had the better TV I, I like shows? Nickelodeon or think Disney? Better Channel. has to be Nickelodeon. Like Disney Channel, did they weren't they didn't have the courage to make the jokes Nickelodeon did. The writers did not have the courage to make it. You just didn't see that, you know, and look, I like the shows, like, one of my favorite shows, yeah. like Sweet Life and Zack and Cody, you know, both of them, one Zack, the other, that one was better, but it's just like, you know, like, especially Sweet Life on Zack, I want to see more, like, jokes, like, now, like, I wouldn't mind rewatching it, but it's like, now you're not going to see as, like, as much adult jokes and all that, it's just like, the writers just weren't as good, I mean, don't get me wrong, the shows were good, but, you know, I think Nickelodeon was definitely the best one, I mean, just knowing... I don't think that Nickelodeon has many good shows like sitcoms. They had like a lot of them. You know, they had Victorious, like Carly, I remember, and a couple other ones. But, you know, I just. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. But, Drake and Josh just, was one of the all time greats. Sure. I mean, that one the creator, Dan Schneider, I'm not sure. Have you heard what happened with Dan Schneider? Yeah. Yes, I did. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw the Bible photo when they had Victorious had their tents. He was on it, and people were complaining on Twitter. Why are you having this guy on here yeah. with him? Yeah. You know, they're saying yeah. they're allowing what he wants, like what he does, and it just, yeah. I don't know. It was something with that, but. 
I tell you this right now. If I saw I'd lay low or else he'd be sharing his son with Harvey Weinstein. You may continue. I mean, on, uh, ugh, that, that that's a bad look and a bad job. Bad look and a bad job. Um, yeah, I but yeah, I just had Nickelodeon had the better shows. I mean, hey, hands down. Uh, Disney Channel, okay, it's, it's so many so many things wrong with that. I mean, I've been killing Austin and Ellie all night again. And another thing, and my sister also, she she does a good job with analyzing. She's like me with analyzing the sports. It's her with the TV shows and the movies. Uh, and she's a good sports fan too, but still, I mean, she does a good job with this. I mean, they asked me, Jake, I don't know when was the last time you saw an episode of that or whatever, but especially from season two on to the very end, I mean, let, let's be fair, okay? They are what? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Juniors. What What are they? Ju- they're juniors, juniors, seniors in high school, 16, 17, 18 years of age, okay? They're, they're not married, okay? They're not my parents, you know, they're not my parents married for 20 years this upcoming July, you know, with three kids and have and have been together <laughs> since uh, 1999. Uh, let, let's be fair. Let's be frank here. OK, they're not they're, they're not they're not married. They're, they're in high school. So seeing that dynamic tough to take, so especially with, with the with the umbrella <laughs> of the Disney. It's 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 vomit inducing. Please, uh, get out of my face with that nonsense. That's yeah, item number one. I like Jesse. Item number two. Okay, Jesse, the show was good, but it was it, it was good, but it was it was yeah. It, I see it, you it, 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 it was missing I just, something. I don't know what it is, but it, it was it was, it was like, missing yeah, it was something. everyone. I'm more. I'm trying to think. Every show there had to be a love story. You know, whether it's Jesse and the doorman, you could do so much better. And yeah, I mean, come on. You, you're living in a nice apartment <laughs> with some rich parents. I mean, rich, you know, the parents are rich. I mean, yeah, rich bosses. And that's just rich, so rich bosses. I mean, come on, rich you, bosses. You flash around what you got around there. And then it's just like, you could have done so much better. And it's just. And then, and then she, oh, and then yeah. she gets, and then she gets to the, gets to the altar with the Brooks guy. And at the, at the last second, you know, I mean, I think the shows that I liked on Disney Channel, they were they were good shows. It just it was tough to take at times, especially some of them were like, oh, why am I watching this at times? And like, okay, it's good, but it's like, I mean, they just I think they were missing some stuff, like you said, you know. Well, but but yeah, when you're twelve or thirteen years old, you eat them up. You eat them up. You can't get enough of them. And you're looking back, your older teenage headed towards young adult years, and you're like, oh, I, I <laughs> yeah. love this. I couldn't get enough of this garbage. The show stinks. Um, and I, ne- I never I, got into. I pretty much watched uh, all of them. I never got into. I think I watched Never, never, never got into that. I, I n- <laughs> never, never, never got into that show. That that show was in the toilet with. with with Holden and, and Liv, who couldn't do anything but but carry a high note. Oh my! Next, please. Thank you. Next, goodbye. Enough of that. Um, the I tell you, the best Disney Channel show that they've had. I was gonna I've bring that up. Yeah, that was good. Is uh, Good Luck Charlie? That that one. Was it was one really of the best. relatable. Yeah. Relate. It was. It was relate. It was funny. It was. It was relatable. 
and yeah. it didn't bring any of the gimmicks that all the other shows had. You know, Jesse with being rich, living it, living in um, yeah, living in Manhattan in a million dollar penthouse. Austin and Ellie being teenage music stars, parents barely having script. I mean, you'd you'd find more <laughs> you'd find more action with the parents and watching a Charlie Brown episode than you would watch Austin and Ellie. I mean, let's be fair. And then with the it, that one, what was an overall was now, an did overall you watch any show. cartoons at all? It was really? a very 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 good show. The uh, the the two cartoons that were my biggest, that were my favorite, um, were actually I had th- actually I had four, um, and most of these are throwbacks. Um, Popeye I was into when I was like uh, when I was like in elementary school. Same with the Pink Panther, and as I got older, I I love Johnny Bravo and Johnny Test. And I was watching Johnny Bravo episodes about two <laughs> months ago. I said to, I said to myself, there's no way in hell this show would exist on television in 2020. Especially airing this for kids. All of the dirty jokes that's in and the innuendos that's in that show, that show would not last a second. <laughs> you, can, you can put that up there with oh, the office. Those shows would not last a uh, second. The only cartoons, <laughs> I mean, I watched, honestly, I did not, not watch a, as cartoons. I watched the recent one was a regular show. I watched that one, but the ones I've always watched is you know, I like the, yeah, Fairy Odd Parents, SpongeBob, and Phineas. Regular show wasn't too. Regular show wasn't too. Okay, uh, let's finally move it on to sports here. Um, NBA season put on hold because of this virus. Give me your thoughts of uh, where the NBA, as far as the season is concerned, and your 2020. Well, you know, me, your 2020 LA Lakers had a great year. I mean, I'm so glad we got Anthony Davis. You know, I was very excited when the moment that happened. I was actually happened to be in a graduation. I got saw the Twitter alert. I'm like, wow, I was stunned. And you know, the Lakers. Yeah, I was in LA when it happened. It was you were you so were in L A you were in L A sorry to cut you off you were in L A I was yeah. happy to get A D because you know Lavar Ball goodbye thank God um, but you know Lakers um, best team in the league you know as of where we have left off in the NBA you know we just I feel like the past three weeks really in the NBA we just dominated completely you know we beat the Clippers we beat the Bucks we beat other good teams I mean I think the Lakers were I think we're bound to really win it all I mean at least. <clears throat> Excuse me. In my opinion, we were gonna at least face the Bucks in the final. I mean, and I, I was tired of hearing like people saying the Clippers are gonna beat the Lakers. The Clippers are going all the way. The Clippers this. Skip Bayless gonna, talking about the Clippers. Kawhi. And I'm just <laughs> to me. I'm mean, hate hearing that load management crap. And just just play. You're paid to play. I mean, I was hating it. Oh yeah, I mean, it's just you won't you won't hear any more of that with this virus. I mean, I think the Clippers. I won't say overrated, but I'll say overhyped. I mean, Paul George, I mean, he's had the most disappointing season. I mean, he just, in the past really two seasons, I mean, just, this guy's overrated. He just is not that good, really, at times, and it's just inconsistent. Kawhi Leonard, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard to figure out for me at this point. I mean, he's a, he's a really good player, obviously, but, you know, it's hard to like him unless you're Skip Bayless like him every second, you know, just going on. It's hard to like Skip. It's just he's getting on my nerves a lot this month, really. Or last <laughs> month, but 
I think, you know, the Lakers would probably face the Bucks in the finals, and I think they would win it all. I mean, I people, I don't know, would say LeBron would be second place MVP. I mean, I want to say once he's going to get MVP, but he probably would be Giannis. I mean, I really would love to see him get that MVP. Which it should, which it should yeah. be because because LeBron is an all time great as you know greatest player of our generation, but again uh, LeBron James has Anthony Davis to pick up the slack and Anthony Davis is one of the t- is like top yeah. ten greatest not top ten greatest but top ten best player. I mean, in Middleton. Uh, who who does Giannis Antetokounmpo have? What Chris Middleton? Middleton, I mean, come on now. He is, yeah. he is by far, hands down, the best player and the most valuable Very player much. on the team. You take Giannis off the Bucks, and the Bucks are not as good. Period. You take you take LeBron off the court for the Lakers, they'll find a way to win some games because they got Anthony Davis sitting there. Hell, if if the if the Pelicans could, you know, if the Pelicans made it to the playoffs in that little stretch, yeah. and Anthony Davis was in love um, with the city yeah. in New Orleans, why why can't I the think uh, what was the one thing? I want to say, defensive player of the year could have been AD. I think the, but I just want to say the one team that I think is just a complete mess, and it just. Really, I think overrated. I mean, I, I'm not trying to say so many teams are overrated. I think the Sixers are just a mess. Joe Embiid. Yeah. Oh, the the, just, the Sixers no are a mess. Embiid doesn't know whether he wants to play, whether he wants to make Hulu uh, commercials. I mean, stop dating Kardashian. Ben 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 Simmons can't shoot. Bad back. Uh, I mean. You, you, yeah. you, well, that that's the other thing, but I mean, all, all of this so talent and all and they this trust the process Brown, hyped just... up garbage and all this other stuff. He's they really and, and you, oh, he's he's the he's done a terrible job. I mean, you got all you got all that talent up and down your roster, and you basically are hamming and egging your way through an NBA season. <laughs> yeah. And B never plays, oh and when he does play, he decides whether he wants to give 110% or give 25%. Simmons can't shoot, got a bad back playing – Playing, yeah. playing thirty, playing thirty are. seconds of a game and then exiting it. You know, saying you know, a guy who's in his early twenties and he's got back spasms as if he's a fifty-two year old man working on the railroad. I mean, oh my God, just give, mm-hmm. give me a break! Give me a break with the semi-sixes, okay? You're not playing LeBron. You're not playing. You know, yeah. all all of the for the most part, all of the big time NBA stars out west. Okay, the 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 Wizards stink. The Nets the Nets are awful. Uh, KD and uh and uh, Kyrie Irving is, are hurt. Okay, um, t- Toronto's good, but Kawhi isn't on the team anymore. Okay, uh, and it's yeah. not like the Celtics have uh have uh Bird and McHale. Uh, sit, sitting there, or Garnett and Paul and uh, Paul Pierce, uh, and um, they just. The the magic totally uh, uh the Atlanta Hawks uh with Trey Trey Young uh uh-uh. well, come on let let's 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 be fair okay so okay young. granted the uh the Miami Heat has um they're very young too you know they they got they got uh, they got Jimmy Butler and they're a good team but Jimmy Butler but Jimmy but but Jimmy Butler is not on LeBron AD Kawhi yeah. level of good. I mean, let, let, I gotta call it like we see it. Okay, uh, Charlotte stinks, and uh, is there's probably yeah, another team I'm that. forgetting that's in the East. Next, um, that's what it was. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, and and God, the, and the Knicks are are, 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 are walking NBA uh are walking NBA circus oh that, each and every night in Madison <laughs> Madison Square Garden. So I mean, what what's oh what's what's yo? Oh, I I laid in, I laid into Dolan with that. That that's an that's an absolute joke. I mean, the guy's been guy's been going to Nick games since he was since he was a little kid before. Yeah. Spike Lee wasn't even. Even Spike Lee when he was going nicknames. You know what? You know what Spike Lee was before before he became Spike Lee. This is what Sp- Spike Lee was going to nick. When is Shelton Jackson Lee? Okay, he he's he was going to nick games long before James Dolan bought the franchise. He was going he was going to nick games sneaking it in, sneaking into the uh, sneaking into the entranceways when he was a little kid watching um, watching um, Bill Bradley, mm, yeah. Walt Frazier. Phil Jackson, may I continue? I mean, please. Said courtside for many NBA Finals games. Said courtside for many a playoff games against Reggie Miller and the Pacers. Been a season ticket holder forever. Okay, he's not like he's not like a celebrity where it's like you know he basically gets the discount, basically gets to walk in for free because it's good publicity for the franchise. Nonsense, Spike Lee. Yeah. I give him lots of credit. He play. He pays the full price like anybody else. <laughs> pays the full price for season tickets to watch this disgusting garbage team go up and try to win basketball games each and every night. <laughs> a, fr- a franchise that hasn't been in the NBA Finals since OJ was riding in the back of a of a Ford Bronco with AC with AC in the front seat. <laughs> with 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 uh, with the entire yeah, LA Simpson. police department following them down the freeway. Okay, they they haven't they have, they have, they, have, they haven't been in the finals. They haven't been in the finals since. No, I haven't. I get you can bring that up once I'm finished. But again, Spike Lee been a long long before and be a long long after James Dolan. That's a joke. Okay, if 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 he if, if he if he wants to come if he wants to come in through the doggy door or through the little hole that that the New York City rats come through, let him. He's he's Spike Lee. And I know you're saying, well, it's elitism. He's a celebrity. No, not not when you've been a fan and been as loyal as a fan as Spike Lee's been all these years. Native New Yorker and a Knicks fan long before. It will be a Knicks fan and season ticket holder long after James Dolan either dies or sells the team. Okay, And James Dolan doesn't have a leg to stand on anyway because... Because he should be pandering to every, he should be pandering and kissing everybody's rear end that spends their hard-earned money to walk through the turnstiles in Madison Square Garden to watch that disgusting joke of a team perform every night. The team stinks. Team, the team is absolutely unwatchable and absolutely a disgusting circus of a of an NBA franchise. They stink. And I don't care if it's Spike Lee, Denzel Washington, uh. Howard Stern or Stephen A. Smith, okay? He should hit his knees and thank his lucky stars that there's a big-time A-list celebrity out there that is willing to pay their money to walk through the turnstiles to watch this garbage team play. And he hasn't done anything since the 90s when Pat Riley and, and Patrick Ewing was sitting there, and they haven't won an NBA final since the early 70s when Phil, when Phil Jackson was a player. Was the last time that they won? Was the last time that they won a championship? Phil Jackson was a player. He was he was more known as being a defensive threat for the Knicks than he was winning championships with Kobe and Jordan and screwing up the and screwing up the Knicks with Porzingis and being an absolute joke of a front office executive. Oh yeah, OJ. What he just anyway. 
what he does on Twitter is just unreal. I don't even know how Twitter hasn't banned him yet. I mean, he's not even verified, too, you know. He, he just, that's how, like, the fact that he haven't verified him is just funny to me. Um, like he's <laughs> tweeting about, have you watched, I don't know, I haven't, but the Tiger King on Netflix or whatever. I have not, but this lady, Carol, whatever, supposedly killed her husband with, he's just like, no, she I fed him not. tigers, no and he's like saying, yeah, she definitely did. I'm like, oh my God, look who's talking here, buddy. Jeez. He, I mean, the fact that he tweeted that out, they said, look, I definitely think she, she <laughs> killed him. Look, I'm like, you got, I mean, did you not use your head? Like, what, what do you think people are going to say about this? I mean, sometimes I, I don't give people, I just like, <laughs> What do you think is going to happen when you tweet that out? All it takes is just cancel. Like, that's... I don't get him. <laughs> um, with your Ravens, because we never did, uh, t- you know, because you haven't been on in a while, so I haven't had an opportunity to talk about this with you on the program. Yeah. But 2019 Ravens, what did they win? Uh, 14 and 2. Won the division, got the number one seed in the AFC, best record in all of football, Um, best regular season in franchise history. Lamar Jackson sets the world on fire, wins MVP, and on that Saturday night in the middle of in the middle of January, (laughs) what it was like a seventy seventy three degree January night. (laughs) And 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 you know you you. you If you would if you would have told me that they were playing the game in June, I would have June or July. I would have believed you based on how warm, how unseasonably warm it was that day. But um, I mean we had I mean winter here in Baltimore. In case they all, you all that that listen to the show that don't live here or aren't like in the loop, um, we we haven't had and we probably and because we're in April, uh, we the last snowfall we huh. had was the Monday. The week before Christmas, yeah. me and Jake had a, it was it was a exam week that week, and we lost the review day because it ended up yeah. snowing and freezing rain that day, and we haven't had an inch or a centimeter of uh, of snow since, and probably won't until December of two thousand and twenty. Now that we are about what two weeks into spring and in the few fruit in the first few days of the month of april and the temperatures yeah at least for the next week aren't mm. supposed to get any lower than about 50 something degrees or so but uh going back to the ravens uh you said you were there and, pre- and pretty much everybody i knew that was ravens fans mm. was that that was at that game but the Ravens absolutely spit up the joint, and they did. Lamar Jackson, chicken with his head cut off, did not know how to rally his troops. You know, and, and I told and I told Dog this, Mad Dog Russo, this uh, the Monday after the game. Mm-hmm. That was a moment where the Ravens yeah. needed a spiritual, emotional, vocal leader that Ray Lewis was to their team all those years to basically wake the team up and say, "Hey." We're in this game, okay? We're the best team in football. We've done this, so many historic great things throughout the season. We got the best record in history, best regular season record in the history of franchise. Home field advantage throughout the playoffs, 14-2. and two, And we're really going to let a, a team that snuck into the playoffs yeah. by our head of the skinny chin of their snuck into the playoffs by the hair of their skinny chin chin that had no business losing to the Texans. We're basically yeah. going to let them walk into our house and punch us in the mouth like this with essentially one guy in Derrick Henry. 
I, I tell you, Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs and yeah. not a I mean no way tough. or Ed Reed too. No way would those guys allow that to happen. But that but that that Ravens defense was soft. That Ravens oh, yeah. defense was pathetic, no. and they were lost the entire game. Earl Thomas too. He's got a lot to say, and and I said it back in January. And for the sake of you being here, Jake, I'll say it again. Okay, Earl, wake up. You're not. This is not 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. 2015. Seattle Legion of Boom with Russell Wilson, Michael Bennett, and uh, and Bruce Irvin. You know, top top defense in the National Football League up there with the '85 Bears and the 2000 Ravens. Okay, sh- shut up, because because since you've been in Baltimore and since you put on that Raven uniform and signed that big fat contract you had, or you got last March, you've done absolutely nothing. I mean, Derrick Henry essentially treated you like his like a uh, blocking dummy. On that, on that, on that, uh, on that monstrous run he had in the playoff game, treated you like a blocking dummy, ran you over, picked you up, and said, "Here, block your teammates for me while I take this to the house." I mean, but leading leading to this, recap and your well, words. Well, before I get that, I just I want to say something about what you just said about Earl Thomas. And I, I gotta say, you know, Earl, I love him. I like him a lot. You know, I really liked him before came the Ravens. I got his, I have his jersey. You know, I do like him. I think he obviously didn't have the, his best year. He had a solid year. I mean, well, he could have done better at times, but I mean, he got a pick or two. But Earl, I mean, look, I think he just had to shut his mouth and just, like, if you're going to say something, you got to live up to your ex- what you said. You know, like Frank Clark did it with Derrick Henry. But, you know, the season was one of the best seasons, you know, ever. I think it was, honestly, I think it's going to be the best season, maybe you could say, best season my football team ever not to win the Super Bowl, I feel like you could almost say. Because I'm 14-2, and two, we never experienced that, you know, Flacco. Flacco, look, at times I will say he was one of the best quarterbacks you could say, debatably in the league, people would say. But, you know, it just, I think, and also, what ruined Flacco was Marty Morning, who somehow, some way, is getting a job with the Eagles, one of the worst coaches ever. I hate him. Ravens fans despise him. He's the worst. All he did was throw a little check downs. That's it. It was terrible. But, Get back to the Ravens now currently. Just Lamar, I think the people that doubted him, I just one thing that I hated was just how people hated home. I went to the playoff game when we lost to the Chargers too. And, you know, people were booing him and everything, and I hated it. You know, after that game, they're saying we should have started. To me, I think we should have just, you know, it was good to keep. I mean, it wasn't great, you know, obviously the result, but I'm glad we kept Lamar in there because that's saying – you throw Flacco when they're saying no faith to your quarterback for the future. I mean, I think Lamar has done an exceptional job. He's a leader, and I think this year he's going to have maybe even even better year, if not as good. And I think Lamar Jackson just proved everyone wrong. You know, he proved so many people. I mean, look, when he took over for Flacco the season before, I knew he would be this good. I honestly always do. I was talking to my grandfather, and he's like, yeah, I don't think he's going to be that good. He's overhyped a little bit. He's just not that good. And I said, just watch out next year. He's going to do incredible. I mean, I'm telling you. And I, and he was like, wow, you were right. I mean, I just think the season was awesome. You know, off season obviously wasn't as big as this one, but I was so excited. We got Earl Thomas. We got Mark Ingram, you know, who I absolutely love. Such a great personality on the team. Such a fun guy. We got, and, you know, in the season, we got Marcus Peters, who we have on the team extended for a three-year contract. And, you know, it just was so exciting to see those two new faces, Lamar there and Hollywood Brown and 
the team, I mean, we've never, you know, the Ravens have always been known for their defense. To see such an incredible offense go out for the Ravens, which is, it was incredible, you know. Yep. Yep. I absolutely agree. And I think, and um, I got the, this, I mean, this is a way, 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 way early pick. But I, I mean, as soon as the Chiefs raised the Lombardi, I was like, Rave, Rave, no, scratch it. The, about an hour after the Ravens lost to the Titans, I said, I said to myself, and again, I'm not a Ravens fan. I'm looking at this equal, equal sides, straight down the middle objective i just go off of what i see and just what what i feel in my heart and what and what and and the eye test uh-huh. and everything else but i think the ravens honest to god i think the ravens have a real legitimate shot of going to the super bowl and a real legitimate shot of going now now this comes with a caveat okay if you think that the ravens are basically going to do the same thing but this time one super bowl isn't going 14 yeah. and 2 or 15 not well like this is 17 game season so going 15 and 2 or you know losing going undefeated regular season or losing minimum two losses you're smoking something okay teams will do that they're going to get a much tougher schedule because they were the best team in football and they won their division okay and the already know that I let me look this up you can too if you want yeah. I believe the Ravens play the um play the Chiefs and uh, play the Titans again play too. the play the Chiefs in uh, but besides the 2020 that, I feel like the season easy, it seems but like. almost yeah, they they will because because I, I was looking at one point they said they had one of the easiest schedules. We faced one the worst division uh, football, really the NFC North or I think it is the Cowboys one. And it's just I think besides it didn't seem that hard. You know the Chiefs game and the Titans game I think would be the two toughest games for us. Um, maybe you could say debatably somehow the Cowboys game, but besides I don't see too many toughs. You know the Patriots they don't have Brady more so. You play f- out of your out of your games. You play five playoff teams. No, I can see the Eagles. Yeah, we're gonna. The Patriots, I think well, the only game that's Texans, gonna be really hard Chiefs, is just the Chiefs. The I think because I remember the, the game. Chief- uh, you know, before Lamar's uh, season, they started. You know, we played uh, them and we nearly beat them. I think it's just Patrick Mahomes is just too good. I think our defense just, just couldn't figure him out. I mean, he is just unstoppable, really. But I, th- I yeah. think the key to the Ravens winning a Super Bowl is that they're going to have to go through some adversity to do it. I don't think, and I'm not going to count on it, and you Ravens fans out there listening should not count on, Ra- count on the fact that the Ravens will basically run the table and whoop everybody that comes in their direction. They are going, I'm telling you, and, and a lot of the, you know, very rarely do you see teams just dominate their opponents, a lot of 85 Bears, yeah. 2013 Seahawks, 2000 Ravens, even though they had to deal with a little bit of adversity during their season. You barely see champions, you know, go – basically outright dominate their opponents and and run mm-hmm. the table in order for them to win the whole thing. Okay, the Chiefs had to deal with not having Mahomes for three weeks. Uh the Patriot the Patriots uh I forget. Exactly. Well what was what was the Patriots issue in two thousand eighteen? It'll it'll come to me. 
But uh, but again, no, yeah. Oh well, yeah. They, here's what it was. They they had a, they had a crappy September, and then they had the Miami Miracle, and they lost the they they lost they lost the Miami, they lost to Pittsburgh, and they had a terrible September. Uh, 2017, Carson Wentz was out for the year because he tore his ACL. 2016, the Patriots had no Brady and had to come back 28 to three. 2015, the Colts didn't have Peyton Manning. Uh, 2014, 2014, um, with the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, the okay, well, the Deflate Gate scandal leading up into the Super Bowl, I guess you could say. Uh, to, I mean, but I mean, outside of the, uh, 2013 is the outlier with the Seahawks. 2012, they had basically have they had Ray Lewis for about three to five games and then was out the rest of October, all of November, all of December, you know, and they had and they had no Ray Lewis in 2012. 2011, the Giants basically had to run the table in order for them to make it in. Uh, 2000, 2010, uh, the, the team was battered, was battered to shreds and Charles Woodson, among others, had to leave the game, had to leave that Super Bowl with injury. So I'm just saying, you want to pick and root for the Ravens, that's fine. You have every right to do that. And going off an analytical perspective, as far as analyzing the games, it's smart to pick the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. But if you think that they're going to have an easy road to get there, you're crazy. Something's going to happen. God forbid Lamar gets injured. Or somebody gets injured, you know, they'll have a stretch of games where where the defense can't stop anybody. They have a stretch of games when they can't put the ball in the end zone. They'll have a stretch of games, you know, where they'll well they'll just foul, you know, they'll have a they'll have like a three or a four game losing streak in, you know, October, November, mm-hmm. or if you're a Ravens fan, God forbid, in early December, they'll go through some adversity. Because again, I'll, unless you're a dominant team like the 2013 Seahawks or the 85 Bears, are the first two teams that come to mind, unless you're one of those teams, in today's NFL, you very rarely basically march your way to a championship without having to go through some adversity or hardship, whether it's injury, a losing streak, the offense stinks, defense stinks, whatever the case might be. But that, but that's that's just me, and and also it also works like this too. Teams that do well and yeah. teams that have an off the charts regular season, nine times out of ten they don't win the Super Bowl. You realize that? The 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 Chiefs set the world on fire and they lost the and they lost the AFC Championship game to the Patriots. Okay, two thousand seven two thousand seventeen. Um. 2017, it, 2017, yeah. the Steelers set the world on fire, and and what what happened? They got ambushed yes. by Jacksonville. 2016, it was who in the AFC? Um, two that 2016, was it was it the Steelers again? I'm not exact. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but again, teams like the two, 2018 Chiefs. Uh, the two thousand, you know, te- teams uh-huh. that set the world on fire in the regular season. That's got all of the media attention with the talking points and MVP this and MVP that. A lot yeah. of times, nine times out of ten, they end they they end up not either going and or winning the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah. Patrick Patrick Mahomes set the set the league on fire in twenty eighteen. He didn't win the Super Bowl until the next season, and he and he, and he missed some time during that season. It's just, I mean, it's it's just the way, it's just how the trend goes. It's, it's the way the ball bounces. 
uh, you know, with the MVPs, okay? Uh, Patrick Mahomes won MVP 2018. He didn't win Super Bowl to the next season. Lamar Jackson wins it. In 2019, he doesn't win the Super Bowl, and I think he most likely will probably win it in 2019. That's just the way I see it. That's just the way I look at it. But with NFL free agency, um, Tom Brady, just get the big things out the way. Tom Brady is a New England Patriots. Your thoughts? Yeah, I was like. Yeah, Buccaneer. What did I say? Um, what Dude, I don't say? know if they're going to be as oh, good. I, mean, I think they're going to go. Yeah, he's a, uh, he's a Buccaneer. Give me a thought. Twelve and five or so. You know, I just don't see them being as good as everyone thinks. Look, I think I'm not saying Brady was part of the problem in New England last year. Obviously, did not have good weapons. I mean, he had Sanu. That was it. You know, Gronkowski left. But look, I don't know how this team will be. I mean, obviously, he has much better weapons. He has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, OJ Howard, who's decent, but and running back. I don't know what they have there, but you know. I think, I mean, they'll do well. They'll make the playoffs, that's for sure. I mean, I don't think they're going to be like a team where it's like, you know, a star joins a team like how LeBron joined the Lakers and they didn't make the playoffs. You know, I think he's going to make the playoffs, the Buccaneers. You know, Buck fans, I mean, depending on how many fans there, I don't even know how big that fan base is. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know how many fans, because, you know, if the other store, if the Rays have no fans. They've started buying up season tickets. I think they'll be – a good team. I mean, look, I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't. I just don't see him winning a Super Bowl with that team. If you're being honest, nice. I just, I just can't see that happening. I mean, look, you got great weapons, but I don't know. I mean, the defense is solid. But I just don't see a Super Bowl yeah. at all no, for the rest no of his way. career. If I'm being honest, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They something Jurassic would have to happen in both the AFC and the NFC in order for Tom to somehow, some way, win a Super Bowl with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. The offensive line stinks. They play in the NFC. They play in the NFC that's got the back. You know, they play in the NFC that's got the 49ers in it that aren't going away. Seattle's always pesky. And Packers maybe, have Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Um and then they and then within their own division they got Drew Brees and then if they make and then if they make it it's no guarantee that they can size up with the big with the bad boys of the yeah. AFC in the Chiefs and the Ravens and then, and then and then who knows if they somehow run into Belichick and Belichick's coaches circles around. Now what Brady. do you think? So you never know. It's unpredictable as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Um, Oh, that 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 one was a complete joke. I mean, you listeners heard me go off on this a few weeks ago. I mean, the fact that you basically trade DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of Doritos when he is when he is uh, Deshaun Watson's right hand man and one of the top mm-hmm. five wide receivers in all of football, and in a sense, you trading him for pay. Trading him for pennies yeah. on the dollar is an absolute disgrace. Exactly, yeah. And I read earlier this morning that apparently it was about money. Well, if the well, if the brother wants money, pay him the money. Okay, I mean, oh my goodness, yeah. he is a dynamic wide receiver that is a that isn't a complete pain. You know, he's not an Antonio Brown. He's he keeps his mouth shut, puts his head down, and he does his work and he does his job. And and quite honestly. If, if you're a top five talent in the league, that's all you ask for, especially when you play a position that produces a lot of divas like Chad Johnson, <laughs> Terrell yeah, Owens, yeah. you know, Michael Irvin, Jerry Rice. I mean, Antonio Brown, I go on and on. Do you and think uh, Arizona? I mean, I mean, for you to basically contender? trade him for nothing is, is ridiculous. Yeah. And what's even more ridiculous is the reasoning behind it. 
Leon Thomas III, <laughs> what a hell of a singer. Very underrated. Hit it! Biggie Smalls, Jay-Z, Bruno Mars, Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake, Bill Withers, Marvin Gaye, and <laughs> a song from the Victoria's soundtrack, not to mention Springsteen, The Who, and Tom Petty. Who else would you hear me play music of such a diverse mixture of artists? Only one, one show, and one guy. Yours truly. And if anybody... Listen, I will break down every victorious episode I can talk about with there no being no sports. It's either that or the Cosby Show or Everybody Loves Raymond. Take your pick. Metallica TIS podcast. Shout out to uh, Jake. Thanks to Jake for joining us in the last segment. I uh, hope we have him on um, sometime in the future, and that future will be very, very soon. I'm projecting with there being no sports. Um, but switching gears now, and I've beaten this to death basically since the since the season ended. But uh, I'll say it again. Okay, if anybody in America thinks that's Colin Cowherd and it's all the provocative, controversial dopes out there in the sports media business that think for a second, for a second, that Joe Burrow is going to drop in the draft, you are absolutely crazy. You need your head examined. Okay, it has not been more clear that the Bengals want to draft Joe Burrow. It's it's not been made more clear. Okay. He was an absolute phenomenal stud 
in the Peach Bowl game against Oklahoma and in the National Championship game against Clemson. Was off the charts good. One Heisman Trophy, whole nine yards, and national champion. Okay, if you think for a second that he is dropping in the draft, you need your head examined. He ain't dropping. He's not, he's not dropping. He ain't he ain't dropping to Miami. He ain't dropping to um. He's not dropping to Washington. No 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 no. He's he he's not dropping to the Jets. He's not doing it. Okay, he's going to be a first round, first pick, first overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Case closed. Whether if the God forbid, God forbid, and knock on wood, pray that it doesn't happen. But the only way that he's not being a Bengal is if the Bengals trade the first pick, and and they're not even going to do that, unless somehow, some way. Like, like, you know, but knowing them, God, I hate to be sound so pessimistic about this, but knowing them about how they've stabbed me in the chest many a time, only the Bengals would, would, would screw up a perfect situation like this. But if you think for a second that Joe Burrow isn't going to be a Bengal at the first overall pick, you are smoking something because he's coming. Okay. I don't care what Colin Coward thinks. I'm not interested. Enough of this nonsense. We're we're about two to three weeks away from the draft. Get ready because he is coming. Joe Burrow is going to go from the purple, yellow, and the purple and yellow stripes to the orange and black stripes. He's coming. From the Bayou Bengals to the Cincinnati Bengals. He's coming. Okay. Does does this guy not forget the um the guy that put together this collegiate prospect evaluation seat. But does these strengths sound like someone who isn't going to go number one in the draft, okay? Number one, poised and composed in the pocket. Positions the ball well in his hands, light feet, good balance, firm base, compact delivery. Easy throw with a nice touch, consistent, precise ball placement. Shows an understanding of pressures and hot reads when throwing and needed timing. Efficient pocket movement keeps his eyes maintaining downfield focus, always ready to throw. Good feel for high and low concepts versus zone understanding coverage responsibilities of underneath defenders. Good feel for throwing away from safety rotation and attacking one-on-ones on the outside. Excellent mobility to move in and out the pocket. Comfortable controlled mover. Showed aggressiveness and competitiveness as a runner when needed to move the chains. Consistently showed the ability to to beat pressure with movement and to make a play both passing and running the football. Does that sound like a guy that's going to drop it? That's going to drop in a draft, given all he's done, winning a national championship, winning the Heisman, and having a historical performance like he put on Georgia, or excuse me, put on Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl game. Stop. As especially especially when it's come out and said he's not going to pull an Eli Manning and basically avoid the team, a la the Cincinnati Bengals who would draft him. Get ready, because he's coming. Back after this.
Rest in peace, Bill Withers. Died at 81 on Friday, April 3rd. Heart compilations. Tribute to him. Hit it. Metallic like a TIS podcast. Switching gears now to a documentary that I saw earlier this week, uh, 30 for 30 on the late 80s into the early 90s, uh, in between the dominance of uh, Bird and Magic with the Clippers and Lakers and uh, the nine and Jordan's Bulls in the 90s was, um, a little mini dynasty that made it to three straight NBA finals and won back to back and won the back two of them. And, um, and the bad boy, uh, Detroit Pistons. And first of all, the documentary itself was, uh, the documentary itself was good. Uh, Kid Rock narrates it. It goes through the story of, uh, of, of the city of Detroit. Um, back in the sixties and in the Detroit riots in nineteen sixty seven it goes through the history of the Detroit Pistons franchise and basically a prologue of uh how of how the uh how the bad boy Pistons came to be through drafting Isaiah getting Dennis Rodman Lambeer, uh the coach Chuck Daly the owner um you know how the how the team initially struggled in the beginning, and it you know it got good and started attracting, um, started attracting stars and playing in the Pontiac Silverdome and this that and the other, and so the documentary is a very good documentary. You can find it with your ESPN Plus subscription, but um, but um, as far as the Bad Boy Pistons are concerned, oh my goodness gracious. John Stott, John Sally, Dennis Rodman, Adrian Dantley, who they acquired from the Utah Jazz, uh, James Edwards, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Rick Mayhorn, Joe Dumars, um, 
and uh, Bill and Beer. Oh my goodness gracious, what what a rising! And let me tell you, was there was there? I mean, for a sport that uh, even at the time was dominated heavily by by the black athlete, was there a more fearless, more badass will kick your butt any day of the week and twice on Sunday will punch you in your face will knock your eye out with their elbow type of guy and and will do it whatever it takes was there a guy that was more like that than Bill Lambeer and Kevin McKellar of the um of the Boston Celtics I mean those guys would go up for rebounds and would essentially try to pop your eye out or try to break your nose in order to get the rebound and to get guys off of you. They did not care. You know, and I mean, you know, and found and it wasn't like this stuff in now in the NBA where like where like, you know, you make you make the little little the slightest contact draws a foul. Oh, no 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 no. You basically had to basically mug a guy or punch him or put him in a headlock and WWF style body slam him to the ground in order to draw a foul. And if it was, it was a common shoot foul shoot you you know, you shoot two, next position, let's move on. You know, no no you know no flagrants, you know, very unless it was a fight you got a technical. I mean it is I tell you, sign me sign me up for the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties NBA basketball. I'd I'd get into that. Players get players getting into fist fights, elbowing each other in the face you know, trying to basically trying to hurt each other while they're playing the game of basketball, falling, you know, hard fouls, falling on, falling on the, uh, falling on the hardwood, you know, going up for a, for a dunk or going up for a layup or trying to block a layup or a dunk. Sign me up for that basketball with Bird, Mikhail, uh, Rodman, uh, Isaiah Thompson. Sign me up. Boy, boy, oh my goodness! I mean, and they were the bad boys. I mean, they were pretty much the L.A. the the L.A. slash Oakland Raiders of uh, of basketball. I mean, they they did not care. They did not care what people thought of them, how they played, their mindset of the trash talk. They did not care. They were going to go out there and going to whoop your tail. And if you didn't like it, so be it. Try to stop us. And I, and I always and I always like and I always, you know, some enemy just always likes that that will do this to you you know the way we play the way we do things piss you off good we're going to use it to our advantage type of teams you know the the teams that aren't afraid to uh, to ruffle the feathers of of their opponents and aren't afraid of 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 embracing that bad guy role like the bad boy Pistons, like those Raider teams from back in the day, like the 2013 Seahawks or 2013-14 Seahawks that didn't care, like the 2000 Ravens team that didn't care. I love, love, love those teams. Love them. Because quite honestly, they they were good. They knew they were good. And they didn't care what, what their opponents or what the media or what other fans of other fan bases thought about them. Because they were going to come in your house, sit up there, kick your ass, fit you know within the game, and and you know start you know and the and the literal way. We're going to do it, like it or not, take it or leave it, and they're going to get the heck out of there. Well, I love te- I love teams like that. I I love 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 teams like that. Did not care. Some like uh, Lambeer says somebody got to wear the black hat, so it might as well be them. And you know what? I like teams that that embrace that that bad boy role. 
I like it. It gives them an edge. Gives them an edge. Is especially in today and especially with sports today. It's in today's NBA. Too many games. Too many of these guys love each other. You know, it's all love, buddy, buddy. Meet up with you. Uh uh-uh. uh. I I want I I like I like my now. Do I want guys basically trying to take each other's heads off to a certain degree, like it's WWE? No, but at the same time, I don't like it when my you know when the athletes when they're competing is buddy buddy, you know it's all it's all right you know it's it's like with uh, it's like it's like with uh, Magic and Isaiah that was in the documentary. You know they were buds, but as soon as they stepped out on the basketball court in the NBA in an NBA Finals um. In an NBA Finals uh, setting, it, you know, friendship goes out the window. It's game on about, it's, it's it's game on me trying to beat you and me trying to stop you and me trying to be a, uh, trying to be an NBA champion. Too much, too much this, this buddy, buddy, you know, and I trying to hurt each other's feet. It's too much of that in sports, especially in today's NBA. For the most part, all the players love each other. And if they do have beef, it's, it's that, it's that verbal, pathetic, you know, middle school gir- girly uh, beef. He sa- he said she said talking talking about people behind their back, talking to people to other people about something they should be addressing. Twitter wars, Instagram posts, uh, um, gossip to the media. And then no, that's not real. That's that's what I that's what I should expect. You know, back in my sophomore and freshman years of high school, and back in the eighth grade. I sh- I should expect that from that, not from professional athletes g- being paid millions. Play a kids game. Okay, I want I want that genuine hate, that that gener- that genuine fire within an athlete that's that that downright can't stand can't stand an opponent because of whatever it might be. I love that. Love that Lambie, what you know, wasn't afraid to basically elbow a guy in the side of the face to get a rebound. I'm glad that even though Bird was the best player on the Celtics, uh, Mikhail let his, uh, you know, Mikhail wasn't afraid to to uh, do the dirty work with the Celtics and Lambier with with the Pistons. We need we need more of that. But it was a good documentary. Chuck Daly, hell of a coach. I mean, it it was it was a fantastic, fantastic documentary. And how in the world, back in um, how in the world in that game five of the Eastern Conference Finals back in '87, how in the world does Isaiah Thomas not call the timeout and th- and think to pass the and and think to inbound the ball right there up against his own basket? Trying to inbound it to Lambeer, and then Larry Bird comes out of nowhere like a bat out of hell to steal it, passes it to Dennis Johnson to win the games. And 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 they said it too. That was they felt like that was the only legitimate chance to win the series in in Boston, and they blew it. But it was it was one one hell of a team, one hell of a documentary. That's all I got to say. Take a break. 52nd anniversary of Dr. King's assassination right after the break. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And she's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away. 
Sunshine with no Bill Weathers, I'll tell you that. Anyway, welcome back to Tell Like a TIS podcast, last segment of the program. Good show today. Once again, shout out to my buddy Jake for joining us today. Next week, I'll have Mike in Orange County on, so we'll have some laughs with him. Haven't had him, haven't had him on since uh, Super Bowl weekend. Um, since Super Bowl weekend, when you're breaking down... Uh, the unfortunate death of Kobe and the Super Bowl 54 between the Chiefs and the uh, 49ers. So we'll have him on next week. And then draft week, draft week, draft, draft weekend, we'll have a buddy, my high school football coach, um, uh, Coach Brendan Ireton on, and we'll break and have some laughs with him and break down the 2020 NFL draft. That is on draft weekend. Next week's episode, we will have... The great and frequent caller of CSXM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Mike in Orange County, on and friend of the program and listener of the program. We'll have him on uh, to uh, break down uh, anything in the world, anything in the world of sports that our pal uh, Mike and EOC wants to wants to chat about. But last segment, and I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up, is that April fourth. Is uh, which is today is uh, the marks the 52nd anniversary of Dr. King's assassination in um, in Memphis, Tennessee, um, at the Lorraine at the Lorraine Motel at 6:01 Central Time, 7:01 here in the East. Rushed to St. Joseph's Hospital. We died at 7:05. Um, James Earl Ray. Uh, was arrested on June 8th for um, for killing Dr. King. Um, and this, and if you remember, and I, matter of fact, I should uh, probably find the audio for this one, but the day before, if I'm not mistaken, he gave his famous "I've reached uh, the mount," I've re- I've reached the mountaintop speech, and I'll see if I can f- give you a few minutes of uh of the mount of the uh of the mountaintop speech and he was sitting there on his uh uh you know um he had given the mountaintop speech uh right the day before at the mason temple in memphis which is why he was there and he was there because of the memphis sanitation uh strike and you know the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Act, all that stuff concerning uh, civil rights and black people had already been passed, and now he was basically trying to uh, simmer the uh, the uh, the uh, elitism and the classism that exists in America between 
poor people and the rich and and the rich and the elites here in America and um Dr. King of course in case you didn't realize he won a Nobel Peace uh he won the uh, Nobel Peace Prize in 1964 Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1977 after his death and in the Congressional Medal Gold Medal of Honor in 2004 the last two of course occurred after uh, his de occurred after his death um uh, so I got the uh, I got the speech pinned up right here, the mountaintop speech that uh, he gave the day before he was assassinated, and it's really telling because it's almost as if he knows that, you know this this is the this is the end, and here's his uh, which I think is is an even moving, an even better more moving speech than his I have a dream. But anyway, here's Dr. King, I've been to the mountaintop. Sorry about that. It was dopey ad. Uh, it was poorly produced, but that's my fault. Um. So there you have it. Um, Dr. King's "I've Been to the Mountaintop" speech. Of course, 
many, you know, this, the country essentially went up in flames, literally speaking, uh, with the, with the famous Dr. King assassination riots that occurred shortly after. Um, it took place in over a hundred cities nationwide, but I mean, the real big cities was Washington, D.C. here and where yours truly uh, is in Baltimore, Chicago, and in Kansas City. Um, 40 people died because of this. Over 15,000 people were arrested and 2,500 people were uh, injured. Uh, the Washington, D.C. riots lasted from April 4th to April 8th. Um, city, went up, city went up in... Uh, city basically went up in uh went up in flames crowds of as many as 20,000 people overwhelmed the uh, police force and uh, i mean the city was just i mean it was a war zone same with chicago 15 about 10,500 police were sent in and by april 6 more than 6,700 national guard had arrived have had arrived in chicago and the big one really was uh 1968 with Baltimore, which was prior to uh, the 2015 riots. And I'll get to those riots in a future episode later on in the month of April as we reach the five-year anniversary of uh, reach the five-year anniversary of those riots when the city of Baltimore essentially uh went up went as well as all the other ones went up in flames um uh let's see last from april 6th to april 14th uh six people died 700 injuries over 5800 uh were arrested um it was uh let's see it may remain peaceful and 100 people gathered around the noon for a memorial service which lasted till 2 p.m street traffic increased crowd formed on gay street in east baltimore and by five o'clock windows on the on the 400 block had been smashed police moved in people began to report fires at six o'clock city declared 10 p.m curfew and called in six thousand national guard troops thousands of people which moved from gay street to harford road to greenmount avenue and uh, the city was on was on fire by the morning of April seventh. Five deaths, three hundred fires, four hundred and four arrests uh, took over the city. Violence increasing after April ninth. Um, uh, um, April twelfth, uh, James Brown had a scheduled concert there was canceled. He went on with his concert up in Boston, but his Baltimore concert was canceled. The old the or the nineteen sixty Orioles. Who uh who went ninety one to seventy one that year, coming off of a season nineteen sixty seven, they just came off of winning their first ever championship when sixty when seventy six and eighty five in the sixty eight season they had to push back their opening day game and I'm trying to find that opener for the Orioles if I can find it in the next couple of minutes here. But I um, mean, among other things, they had to um, they had to put they had to push back the start of their season because of the uh, because of the riots. Which uh, let me see if I can look this up right quick. Nice, he and Baltimore Orioles opening 
they see who they played. The of course the home opener was in uh Baltimore, so shouldn't be that hard to find out who they would have played. Um game one was uh ha was pushed back April 9th. Uh it was pushed back about a day or two. It was at home against the Oakland A's. So there you go. Um but that was the situation and essentially all of America was in flames because one of the I think one of the greatest Americans of I think the greatest American of all time and definitely one of the biggest uh influential figures of the twentieth century was gone like that, you know, of an act of hate because of what that man tried to do to bring equality um through race and through uh, economic economical status across America. And, um, of course, he'd be well over 100 years old if he was still alive today, uh, if, if, the, uh, if my memory uh, or if my uh, stats serve me correctly. He was born in 1929. So he'd be well into his, excuse me, he'd be well into his 90s. So he'd be, he'd be well into his 90s, but... Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but um, Dr. King, thank you for all you've done with your service uh, and basically doing your part to make this world a uh, better place. So, uh, so that's that. Um, I want to thank once again one more time. Thank my pal Jake for joining us uh, today. Thank you out there, the loyal listeners. Follow yours truly on Twitter at the J Shield. Follow the pod, the sh uh, show's podcast, or excuse me, the show's Twitter account. Excuse me, pray for me at at I'm Mattel underscore it T I S at I'm Mattel underscore it T I S is where you can find this podcast uh, Twitter account. Stay safe, stay healthy, everybody. Talk to you next week. God bless. Take care.